Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tabletop Cyberpunk Podcast. My name is John John the Wise, and this is the podcast about Cyberpunk 2020 and Red, the tabletop games, and everything in between. Welcome back, guys. Good to have you here. Glad to talk to you all about Cyberpunk once again. Let's start off the top of the show with saying something that I should have said a last time at the top of the show, but I completely forgot for some dumb reason. I have been invited by our Talsorian Games to be one of the first people to check out the Cyberpunk Red core rules in their quote-unquote entirety because I th- I'm sure a few things are missing, but the, from straight from Jay Gray's mouth or text, he said that they're calling these the beta rules because they want to reserve the right to be able to change anything at any moment. But... I think it's safe to assume that almost 90% of the rules have been given to me, just to be fair, right? So they have given me the rules. I'm one of the lucky few to be honored to have this privilege, and I'm going to be doing an actual play with Cyberpunk Red. That's why they sent it to me. I can't make any videos about it. I can't do any tutorials. I I can't really talk about much. What I can tell you is so far I like it. I haven't played it yet, so I'm reserving my entire judgment until after I play. And I'm sure you guys will get a nice little war story out of that. So, I'm going to reserve my complete judgment until I play. For now, I will tell you if you're wondering, I like it so far. It's great, and uh, can't wait to play it, really, to be honest with you. So I will be playing it. I'll be playing Cyberpunk Red Beta with the wise guys. If you guys ha- are a part of my YouTube channel, which you guys should be subscribed to that, please. Twitch, Twitter, everything, all that stuff. Um, we have the wise guys actual play campaign that had just ended their first season. And um, yeah, now we have these Cyberpunk Red Beta rules. We don't have to make up our own rules as we go. Everything is there. Cyberware, gear, everything, right? So, uh, the wise guys, we're all stoked. Um, We're making our characters, and we're going to do a little one-shot adventure, possibly an actual play campaign. We're working out all the specifics, but this one-shot adventure, you guys will be seeing it if you're following me on uh, in our community-made Discord, if you're part of the Twitch, if you're part of the Twitter, any of that stuff, YouTube, you guys will be able to know about this this actual play game that's going to be happening. Uh, I don't want to announce where it's going to be because it's not going to premiere on my channel. It's going to premiere somewhere else for now because once I have a date and a time to tell you guys where to check it out, that's when I will announce it. But I'm doing something a little special with it, all right? So stay tuned. It's coming. All right. Uh, Other than that, I said join the Discord. Make sure you guys are part of our community. The description will be in the link. The link will be in the description. See, I knew I messed it up. I always do that. I I mix them up, but it's okay. That's what we're here for, to have some fun. All right, join the Discord. And today we're going to be talking about designing a combat encounter. I got the idea because somebody in our Discord had asked the question, 
Does anybody have any pre-made combat encounters or pre-made NPCs that they don't mind throwing my way because I just want to try it out with my buddies and see what the system is like and I'm, I'm new to the game, blah, blah, blah. And I gave them advice and uh, hopefully they like my advice, but I have my own way of doing everything and I wanted to give you guys my insight on how I create combat encounters in Cyberpunk 20 or Cyberpunk Red. It doesn't matter, all right? So first of all, before the combat encounter can begin, you have to know where it's going to be. Now this can be, if you're playing on like some kind of virtual tabletop, it can be on a battle map, or even in real life, you might print out the battle map or have some cool uh, table that has like a screen in the middle of it. Shout out to Slade on the Discord. And um, you might be doing your encounters that way, but you have to have some kind of representation of where they are. Whether it's theater of the mind and telling them you're in a dark alleyway where there's maybe five feet room, in between uh, the two buildings. It's it's that short of an alleyway or something like that, which is a terrible place to have a combat encounter. But anyway, terrible example, moving on. You have to have the setting. You have to tell your players exactly where they're gonna be so they can picture how they can do things tactically. So the setting is just as important as the NPCs, what weapons they have and all of that. It gives the players agency to try to figure out what they need to do to survive right? So you got to give them that opportunity. Number one, setting. Number two, you need the bad guys. You need the enemies. Now this can either be the players against one faction, the players against two factions, three faction, free for all. It can be anything. There just has to be sides. This is their side. This is our side. And within those enemies, I usually like to break down three things about them, three aspects about them that make them unique. Number one, what level of competence are they? And I'm not talking about level one, level two. Um, I mean, how good are they? Are they? I usually have three levels. It's either they're scum, they suck at combat, they're average, or they're elite. Those are my three. Scum, average, elite. And if you make three character sheets with scummy stats, average stats, and elite stats, those can be your three NPCs that you just cycle around in the game. All right, I have, I have three roll 20 character sheets ready to go. I have all the skills that I need ready to go, and I just click a button and make it happen. That's how I do it with, um, with my NPCs, because the NPCs aren't supposed to be that important, especially if they're just trash. I will say it would be good to have um, maybe one unique NPC if this is like a cool encounter or something like that. But if it's the one combat encounter that you're having for your session and you just need to throw some trash guys in there, it's the best way to do it, in my opinion. So number one, what is their level of competency? Number two, what kind of weapons do they use? So whether they're elite, scum, or average, middle of the road, what kind of weapons are they using? Are they using long-range weapons like sniper rifles or or semi-automatic assault rifles that can be kind of like sniper rifles or are they more up close and personal with melee weapons and stuff like that do they have both on them just in case a situation happens where they'll need to use one or the other and once i've determined who has what kind of weapon i can kind of do like a little chess match with the players because I know what the players have I know what the enemies have and I can throw obstacles at them that might have them 
changing the way that they they fight you know if if some guy's got a shotgun you might not want to rush into him and try to go melee with him you know what i mean and he could just step back blast you with the shotgun at point blank right so number one what level of competency number two what weapons and the last setting or i shouldn't say setting uh the last characteristic of an enemy when i'm creating a combat encounter is what advantages or disadvantages do they have what is it about them that makes it unique what, are they from a special gang are they in a, a certain position in the current setting that you're at maybe you're in some kind of abandoned factory that all of a sudden comes to life and there's like cars and robots like flying around uh doing things as if you've turned on this factory it's automated and now you're fighting within it right there's going to be obstacles that come your way so what are the what are the things that the enemies have advantages with and disadvantages with so these this little aspect of the enemy creates a a unique flavor to your combat encounter that that makes it fun you know it's not just your turn their turn your turn okay that's it it's over it's your turn their turn something happens your turn their turn another wild card happens and that's how i usually do it i i have the last thing that i would say uh not the last thing the the next thing i would say is special rules i always have special rules in my combat encounter the the setting is changing the scenario is changing it's either nighttime and there's no light and the lights are coming on or the lights turn off and now you have to use your cybernetics and cyberware and and all kinds of other stuff to get through the situation but the idea is you want to always have some kind of special rules that make the combat encounter unique in its own way and this is a it's kind of tough to come up with this you know this is not an easy thing to try to figure out as much as you want to try to make combat unique at the end of the day they die and your players don't is usually the outcome that you're trying to to go with whether you're trying to you're sadistic enough that you're actually trying to kill your players is a whole other topic but i feel like most of the referees that are gms of any game they usually want to be a little bit cooperative with the players they want to be on their side a little bit because the fact of the matter is if you kill one of the player characters, you're going to have some kind of conflict, whether, you know, whether you like it or not. Maybe some maybe they take it well and they're like a well-adjusted person and they don't have an argument with you. But most people will have something to say, some kind of question. It'll be some kind of conflict. And no matter what, you have to get through it. And if you can get past it with your group, that means you're with a good group. That's what that means. So um, a lot of people try to avoid it i try to avoid it sometimes but i try not to this, i'll put it to you this way if i'm killing a player a player if i'm actually killing them then it has to be known that this was just part of the mechanics of the game that it had nothing to do with me trying to kill them because i do have that power i have the power to be able to wipe the whole party anytime i want and if i decide that the consequence for one of their actions is certain death i can do that as well but i better hope that the player agrees with my rule or what i've come up with to kill them because otherwise we're going to have some kind of issue and that's it i'm not saying issues are bad issues are good 
It's normal human interaction. And it's something that we always try to avoid when we're gaming. We're trying to avoid having conflict, but conflict is a part of human nature. It's how you deal with it that keeps you separated from everybody else as far as your mentality. Is this going to be a shouting match? Are we going to call each other names? Are we going to burn the bridge of friendship that we have with each other just because of one emotional outburst is that what's going to happen or are we just going to talk about it maybe take a day come back regroup figure something out roll another character and let's move on and play the game right that's the kind of stuff that is not really explained is not something that is uh is i I don't see a lot of youtube videos about it um a lot of people usually have some kind of anyway I'll talk about that on another subject. I feel like social anxiety and like social contracts between people, that is one of the biggest unspoken topics in gaming. And I hope to tackle it one of these days. Anyway, I super digress. Let's go back. In your combat encounters, so far we have said that the setting is important. Your enemies are important. What level of competency, what weapons they have, what advantages and disadvantages do they have. And next after that is what special rules do you have planned for this combat encounter? What makes this a unique combat encounter? And the very last thing is my own flavor. I usually always have a secondary obstacle that is imminent. So part of the special rules, I feel like you should always, always, always have a consequence for prolonged combat. Because think about it. In Cyberpunk, you're fighting in the city streets, you're shooting guns off, you're, shoot, you're missing each other, hitting parked cars, hitting innocent bystanders, there's ricochet, traffic collisions, and it's like when you shoot a gun in GTA, I'm sure you guys have played Grand Theft Auto, as soon as you fire your gun, it's chaos, it's everybody freaks out, and it's normal to assume that that's exactly what would happen in in cyberpunk because it's kind of like our world right so each turn in a combat encounter each turn is three seconds or sorry each round that everybody does their turn is three seconds so it is good it's easy to assume that after 30 10 rounds something should have happened i know it's only 30 seconds but think about what technology police have in night city they have drones they have av vehicles if they hear about something they can get from one side of the city to the next in a pretty easy in in a pretty quick manner right so think about 10 turns of combat or 10 rounds of combat if 10 rounds have gone by and there wasn't some kind of consequence for it then i feel like the immersion of the players will be ruined a little bit you got to let them know that whatever's happening here, it needs to be done quick. If somebody needs to die, they need to die quick. If you're trying to get away, you need to get away quick. Maybe just kill the guy and get away, and that's it. Forget about, you know, trying to gain IP by killing more people, all right? That's not that's not what this game is all about. It's not just about collecting IP. It's about using your cunning. It's about role-playing and telling a cool story and using the the skills that you have on hand to be creative with it at least in my opinion right 
Um, if you guys want to do like a little Friday night firefight, I believe a board game will be coming out for it. And you can do like Warhammer style just combat. But to me, I feel like it's only one aspect of Cyberpunk. Anyway, so that is it. Combat encounters in a nutshell, is ex- that's exactly how I create my combat encounters. And I do believe that one every session is very important. If there isn't one, then the roleplay better have been really cool. Timmy, shut up. The roleplay should be really, really top-notch. There should be something going on where the story moves along, the plots are moving along, or something is happening that is unique. Because combat encounters, I feel like, round out the entire session really well. Right? So, when I'm creating my combat encounter, and this is just an aside from my advice on how you can make it for cyberpunk, I'm always thinking about why the players would even get into this combat encounter. What is happening? Do do they have a choice? Did they make a choice? Do I always give them a choice? Or do I sometimes let let it just come out naturally? And usually it's a mix of everything. If I decide that they're in a place where there are hostile people around them, then it makes sense for a combat encounter to occur. If I think that they're in a public place and combat shouldn't happen, I might still make combat happen just because I want them to feel that heightened sense of, of we, this, this is not good. This is not good is, is a, when your players say this is not good, then you are doing your job. <laughs> you are doing your job by making them second guess if they're going to survive. See, that's, that's the balance between this whole thing as being a GM. Are you actually tr- actively trying to kill your players? Or are you trying to bring them to the brink of death? <laughs> and I feel like mine is the latter. I'm always trying to bring them to the brink of death. If one player is about to die and they barely get out of there, then I feel like that combat encounter was perfect. It was, it was ex- seasoned exactly the way it was supposed to. The cooking time and temperature of that meat is perfect. Medium rare. I'm not judging. I don't care how you eat your steak. But I'm just using it as an example. So that's the balance of a combat encounter. A really good one makes the players feel like they got to make decisions. And in our last war story of Cyberpunk on the spot, I felt like I did that. And for example, what had happened was they were about to come up against some corporate goons that were obviously elite. They had the elite stats that I talked about earlier. In my mind, I was I considered them elite. And the players decided to throw a flashbang in the room, and that gave them a huge advantage against these corporate goons. On top of that, I made sure that they knew that trauma team was literally coming down the stairs right behind them, guns out, red, suns out, guns out, all right? And they realized that, oh shit, this is not good, this is bad. They figured out a way to get through it, and that's what made it a unique combat encounter, right? Oh, I will say, I did also br- bring in... Uh, hit locations again because Cyberpunk 2020 does has the hit location table and I've seen some even more crazy epic hit location tables where there's like fingers and toes and feet 
and eyeballs and all kinds of stuff that are are separated on a, on some kind of chart that you would roll on. Um, I honestly want to roll less and get things moving on as quickly as possible. So I had taken out hit locations altogether in my Cyberpunk Red game, but I have since then now brought them back for that one combat encounter and you know what it added a lot of flavor to the combat encounter it made it very unique there was a story being told two guys got shot in the liver one guy got shot in the leg and it it was once they had these critical injuries happening to their body parts then we were able to tell a story on what's going on why that happened how how they got shot why they're incapacitated and uh, even though they didn't take direct health damage, I figured that if they were taking these critical injuries nonstop, then something has to be happening to them, right? And so I introduced hit locations with critical injuries, which I had borrowed from Cyberpunk Red Beta. But these, the critical injuries, I have to make sure I tell you guys this, because the critical injuries that I used in my Roll20 game are not the same ones that are in the book. I had created these before I got the Cyberpunk Red Beta rule set. Since then, I now know what the Red Beta rules for the critical injuries are, and I'm implementing that in my new game. But as far as this hybrid game, until Red releases fully, I'll just be using my own rule set and stuff like that. It's crazy. I'm getting into Warhammer 9th edition. I'm... 9th edition is coming up, Cyberpunk Red is coming up, I got the beta for Red, I got my own homebrew rule set, so, excuse me, my mind is just swimming with all these different rule sets and stuff like that, it's getting a little bit overwhelming, so I hope the end of September comes soon, (laughs) so I can do away with my hybrid rule set, right? Alright guys, today was going to be a short one. Just wanted to talk about something that had to do with cyberpunk and uh, combat encounters. It was a, it was an idea I had, and I wanted to make sure you guys heard about it. So I appreciate everything you guys are doing. We're almost at 1K subscribers. I'll have another video up pretty soon on my YouTube channel. Make sure you guys are a part of the YouTube. You're part of all that stuff. And make sure you stay tuned for the Cyberpunk Red beta rule set actual play game that's too many titles the cyberpunk red actual play game that will be coming out soon all right guys i appreciate you all we'll see you on the next one chumbas and goodbye